Daily Dirt Nap. Money Talks. Own your life. With Jared Dillian and Money Talk on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. Talk 94.5. And joining us live and in person is the one and only the money guy, the author of No Worries, soon to be a bestseller if you get your butt on Amazon and order it right now. We got a copy. Yeah, you both got copies. You know yeah, what? I know. I, I, did we make you feel bad last week? Yeah, I, I don't know why it didn't occur to me to bring in a copy. <laughs> like, it's just, like I just had a brain fart. Like it's, uh, you know, we're in here you talking about the book every week. You take us for granted, Jared. <laughs> Jared Dillian. Yeah, like, I've known you a long time now. Um, since the other place. Since 2019. 18, maybe. No, no, I knew you from the other place. I know. 2000. I, I started. I feel like it was before I, that. No, I started my show in 2019, and I think I started lurking around the other place the year before. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Lurking? Lurking. He's a lurker. Wow. He's a lurker. It's <laughs> yeah. a little creepy. <laughs> Elka Seltzer Callaway will help you with brain farts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, uh, we were, we, I know we've discussed this before, but, um, I went onto your, I think it was your Facebook or your Twitter. I forgot why. And I scrolled back and I saw all these older pictures of you from a while ago. Uh-huh. And we were like, he looks kind of Lebanese or something. What was your background? Uh, I'm really just a white guy. Really? Uh, seriously. Yeah. So you must I, have I, some kind of. So I did 23 Mediterranean me. background. I have, I have like 20% Southern European, which is I guess you would say is Mediterranean. So it could yeah. be Spain, Portugal, Italy, something like uh-huh. that. And I'm a tiny percent Arab. Okay. So your uh, Arab like, is really coming like through. Like 0.8%. And I'm like, uh, I'm also a tiny percent Native American, like 0.8% okay. or something like that. Okay. So, so you're mostly. I'm mostly British and Irish, actually. But Southern European could be Sicily. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I mean, you're because you, in the other, the older pictures, you have darker hair. Yeah. So you just look more. Like Middle Eastern to me, yeah. But yeah. Uh, and how were you raised? Were you raised like Catholic, or you know, are you Jewish? Are you Episcopalian? Episcopalian, yeah. okay. How do you say that according to the local news anchor? Episcopal. Episcopal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, it's episcopal. Scopal. Episcopal. She was an episcopal. We, we played that priest. live on the air. Yeah. And now every time I see her doing a newscast, I go. That's her. <laughs> and do you know what nationality I'm from? Uh, no. Hmm. Interesting. Well, no, I, really? I, I would say Italian, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, have you met her? <laughs> She's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. My mom was born in Italy and um, my dad, you know, is Italian also. His, his, uh, Ancestors are from Italy. But, um, you know, my mother's town was conquered by Germans and Norwegians, you know, Uh hence the blue eyes. So I don't know. I might have a little of that in me. But anyway. And what are you, Nick? Swede? (laughs) Look at me. (laughs) I mean, a little more whiter than this and I'd be invisible. (laughs) Yes, I'm Norwegian. We could be related. I'm going to start calling you Al. Why Al? Albino. Albino. Ah! <laughs> 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 That's funny. All right, Jared Dillian, you have the book, No Worries. You have it in hand. You you brought it to give to me with an autograph to me. It's yep. fabulous. Um, and you're going to be having that book signing next week. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm flying to New York on Saturday. I'm doing a big podcast on Sunday, and I have a book launch party in New York on Tuesday. Wow. I'm coming back here on Wednesday, and we have the book signing at Back Again Bookshop on Thursday. So. Wow. You're on a whirlwind tour yep. of book signing. Okay, well, that's exciting. Well, I asked you if you would like to read from your book today, kind of wet the whistle of listeners here to go out and run and get it. Yeah, this is uh, this is a section. This is from chapter ten called "Going to School Is Stressful." It's about student loans. Mm. During the Great Financial Crisis in two thousand nine, we effectively eliminated private student lending. We nationalized it. All student lending is now done by the government, which raises a lot of questions. If the government is making these student loans, why do they care if they get paid back? Why are the interest rates so high? Why is it that people faithfully made their student loan payments for 10 years and now the loan balance is higher than when they started? And moreover, why is going to college so expensive? Well, for starters, the government never intended for people to go to college for free, though we might get there eventually. So you take out a loan and you have to pay it back. During the pandemic, borrowers were granted forbearance for a period of many months, which got people wondering if the government would ever require these loans to pay, be paid back. Currently, there are $1.7 trillion in student loans outstanding. If the government wanted to forgive these loans, it would simply take them on the balance sheet, go $1.7 trillion further into debt, raise $1.7 trillion in taxes, or a combination of the two. At the time of writing, there is little appetite to go further into debt or raise taxes, so I think we are stuck with the student loans for now. Why are the interest rates so high? Arguably, they are not high enough. Student loans are issued to unknown borrowers with unknown credit. Nobody checks your credit score when you get a student loan. If you can fog a mirror, you get money. Remember our earlier discussion about secured and unsecured debt. Student loans are unsecured debt. There is nothing to repossess. The government can make your life miserable for not paying back your loans, but they can't take your house or your car. Student loans are actually issued at a below market interest rate relative to the risk of the lender. Why is your loan balance going up even though you are making payments? Thanks, Obama. In 2009, then-President Obama signed into law something called income-based repayment plans. Upon graduation, you get a job, and the government looks at your income and says, okay, here is the payment you can afford. But that payment is likely to be far smaller than it takes to pay off the loan over any extended period of time. If you borrowed $200,000, your payment would be around $800 a month, but instead it is $200 a month. You are shielded from the economic consequences of your decision temporarily. The government then takes the interest that you didn't pay and adds it to the loan balance. For a period of time in the 2000s, they had something similar in the mortgage market. They were called negative amortization loans. You pay a portion of the payment and the rest gets added to the back end. Needless to say, most of these loans failed, and banks don't make negative amortization loans anymore because they suck and they are unfair. <laughs> it is appalling that the government gets away with this. People think that they are paying down their student loans, but they don't understand the math behind how those loans work. The loans get bigger over time, and then they want to vote for Bernie Sanders. I could not come up with a crueler system if I tried. If you were on one of these income-based repayment plans, my suggestion would be to pay more money, perhaps much more, to chip away at the loan balance. Hmm. 
So the best thing is, is to get rid of it as soon as possible. And yeah. that, first of all, not to have him at all is a good thing. Later in the chapter, I talk about how when you go to college, you should be able to pay off your student loans in five years. Mm -hmm. If you can't pay them off in five years, then go to a cheaper school. Don't go to school, but don't don't get $200,000 worth of loans. Mm -hmm. So typically, if you graduate from college and you're making $60,000 a year, you can pay $8,000 a year. It's about 15% of your income. And you can pay off $40,000 worth of loans in five years. That's totally reasonable. If you can't pay it off in five years, don't do it. Mm. That kind of is a lesson for anything, really. Yeah, I mean, there that's you know that applies to car loans mm -hmm. and mortgages and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's... You know, there's people who have been making payments on student loans for 20, 30 years. They're in their mm -hmm. 50s and they still have student loans. And part of the reason is these income-based repayment plans, they're paying, they, you know, the, the monthly payment that is required from the government is some small amount that doesn't, doesn't cover the full interest. Mm -hmm. So basically that interest gets added to the back of the loan That's and the loan awful. just gets bigger over time. Mm -hmm. And it's literally just a problem of the math. They can't do the math and people don't understand what is going on. There was a tweet going around, around on Twitter the other day from some guy named Socialist Steve, okay? Mm -hmm. It went viral. It got like 100,000 likes fun. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, he, uh, but what he said was, he's like, look, I started out with $70,000 in student loans, I've been making payments for 20 years, and I still have $60,000 in student loans. Wow. And he says, we should forgive all these things. And I'm like, buddy, you just can't do the math. Like, you don't mm -hmm. understand what's going on here. So. Yeah. Sometimes, um, you know, I mean, I just made a major decision financially um, recently, and I was like, you know, I was doing the math. And I said, it doesn't make sense to do this and continue going down this path where I'm always going to owe this monster. Let's just bite the bullet, you know, and and just get it done and, and get rid of it. But um, the bottom line becomes, you know, people don't understand amortization charts. And if you were to look at an amortization chart of your mortgage, you see how much you're actually paying for your house. That's that's, you know, it's nauseating. <laughs> I, it's something I wish I could do in the book, but I can't really do spreadsheets in the book. But um, I might. I'm, it's actually. Oh, I, I forgot to mention. It's part of Jared Dillion Money. I'm offering a personal finance course which has these spreadsheets, so people can oh. actually take a look at these amortization spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. the, when I first bought my house, when I was 24 years old, I built one of these things, and I saw the interest that I was paying and the principal mm -hmm. that I was paying, and I saw that if I paid additional principal on the loan. Then it did two things. One, the interest payments went down. And two, the duration of the mortgage went down. So instead of a 30-year mortgage, it was like a 24-year mortgage. Mm -hmm. So paying saves you a ton of money. Saves you a ton of money. Yeah. Like over 100. I remember um, I went from a like five and change mortgage. I refinanced from a 30-year. I was only a few years in to a 15-year because it went down to 2.75 or yep. something. And I think over the life of the 50, I saved over a hundred thousand dollars in interest. Yeah. In interest. Yeah. Yeah. And you're also, you're also building equity faster. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when you sell your home, you cash out higher, yep. which is awesome when you're selling at a, you know, higher price, Yeah, higher yeah. price for sure. Um, so yeah, these are things that people don't think about and it's really, it's really has to do with, you know, I, I worked briefly in loan origination 
mortgage loan origination. I worked with somebody like that, and uh, I learned a lot about the process. Yep. One of the things that people don't realize is how bankruptcy um, plays in all of this. And you know what? Like the mortgage industry, I mean, within a few years after a bankruptcy, they like I kind of forgive you. It's kind of... Uh, you know, I think it was inviting a lot of bankruptcy back in the 90s, it seemed. Bankruptcy is sometimes not the worst option. Yeah, that's um, what I saw. You get to discharge all your debts except for the student loans. Um, but there are some consequences. If you go bankrupt, you can never be a stockbroker. You can never work in the securities industry. They won't take you. Uh, if you go bankrupt, if you work for the government or a security contractor, you can't get a security clearance. Hmm. Like... So those are, I mean, those are two big consequences. Like you can never work. I never knew You that. can never work on Wall Street. You can never get a security clearance. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, um, I mean, if you're rolling around with a couple hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt, you know, you can say screw you to the credit card companies That's and unbelievable. get rid of it, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people morally can't do that. What but I, what sometimes you need it to survive. What I talk about in the book is you never want to be a good customer of the bank. And a good customer of the bank is somebody who has a lot of debt, makes the payments on time, and just keeps paying all that interest to the bank. Mm-hmm. Interest is bank profits. Yes. When you are paying interest, you are paying profits to the bank. I don't dislike banks, but I don't want to make them profitable. Mm-hmm. Like, interest is the like, do you get any enjoyment out of paying interest? Do you I get anything out interest. of it? No. I so. hate paying interest. It's like one of my pet peeves. Yeah. I hate owing money. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like something I, I, you know, I think my parents instilled that in me, which yep. is a good lesson. You know, talk to your children because it does it does resonate later on in life. Like they may need an aha moment, like looking at an amortization chart. I'm <laughs> like, oh, this is what you mean. But, you know, when you save money in the right place, compounding interest is great. But when you owe money in the wrong place, compounding interest is bad. Yeah. That's called negatively compounding interest. <laughs> That's exactly what you were talking yeah. about. All right, Jared Dillian, thank you so much. You can get the book, No Worries, How to Live a Stress-Free Financial Life and Lower Your Blood Pressure. I'm just adding that in there. <laughs> uh, available on Amazon.com. Please go ahead and order it ASAP so he can get into that um, that. Uh, Bestseller list. list. And it's a great Valentine's Day gift. Great thing to put in your Easter baskets and even better to give that grad in your life coming up this May. Just a reminder, one week from today. That's right. We, one week from today. We have the book signing at yep. Back Again Bookshop next to the Fresh Market off of like 79th Avenue North in um, Myrtle Beach. And um, we're going to be there at 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Next Thursday. Yep. Be there. Be square. See ya. I'll okay. get there early and save the queen chair for you. Oh, are you going to be there? Uh, here? Not, yes. I know you'll be there, but yes, will you be, I'll be here, here now? Okay, yeah. good. We'll promote it again. Yep. All right. See you next week. Thanks.